You just start and say, hey, it's the, the BP supplement. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome to the BP supplement. Uh, this is the um, 11th. S- 11th uh, supplementary episode. You're uh, kidding. Thanks for listening. 11th, really? This is the 11th time we've had these these little sort of mini episodes. Yeah. They're not an official episode. You've oh, had, oh. You've had your official episode. So already, how right? long is this episode? Oh, it can be anywhere mm-hmm. from a half hour to uh, an hour and 20 minutes. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it really depends on, on you. I'd All say. right. Okay. But, the, so. but this is, the, the point is this is a non-canonical episode. You right. Do not, oh, wait. It, no, you use, happens, this, you use that term the last time <laughs> I did your show and I had to get a dictionary. I know what that means. <laughs> but I think we spent five minutes on the word non-canonical. <laughs> non-canonical. Canonical. That shouldn't be a word. Why did I use it last time? It's too, it, that was a canonical episode. Because, but we were referring to right. things that were non-canonical. Right. <laughs> Don't you remember? I had a big list. I had a big blackboard. I was like, let's right. let's make a list of all things that are non-canonical. But the, the the point is that anything that happens in this show does not affect the actual mythology or timeline right. of Battleship Retention. It's or a one shot. That's what this episode is. <laughs> so to you, that's a comic book term, right? Uh, yes, that is a okay. Term. So right. this is this is like stuff that happens out of game, as they say. Right, <laughs> right, right. So clearly, we we've got one of our guests back. It's Matt Champagne. Matt, how you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me uh, here. Are we allowed to talk about where we are, or yeah, is I it guess, best? Yeah, I, is I, it I, best that it's fine? It didn't stop any of the other guests. Because Paul- whenever I listen to a podcast, I'm always like, where. Are they? No matter what <laughs> podcast it is, I'm always fascinated because I I just picture this one building where all <laughs> podcasts come out of. And whenever I hear that somebody goes, what is it, it's like somebody goes, "Hey, I have a podcast." I'm like, "How? How? How do you have a podcast when really most of what you need is the technology?" It looks like. Uh, I would say so. Yes, I've yes. listened to I've listened to some where, as far as I can tell, the only. The only technology they're using to record is the the mic on the computer, and so it sounds very hollow, very echoey. Yeah, and it's just like it, you know, mics don't really cost that much, and once you have it, you've got it. It's done. Just buy a mic. There I mean, seem to be two things you need: the technology and an understanding wife. Uh, that's uh, that's absolutely true because yes. we are, of course, recording this in my apartment. My <laughs> wife has secluded herself in the bedroom, watching what? <laughs> watching Schindler's List. Party she... down. <laughs> I mean down. No, we actually tried to watch Party Down the other day. And she uh, she wasn't interested. That's a true story. I... Which, wait, what's Party Down? The, Part, really? It's a the series on on stars. It's really funny. It's uh, Ken Marino. Um, Jane Lynch. Jane, Jane Lynch, although she's not going to be back for season two. Oh, really? Um, what's Party the dude's down. name? Uh, Martin Starr? No, yeah, well, he's on it. Um, but I don't th- remember the main guy. I don't remember his name. Adam Scott? Is that his name? Something. That what, sounds about right. What network is this? Stars. Stars. Okay. Uh, and what's it about? Oh, is it like... It's about a catering company yeah. in okay. Los Angeles, so okay. it's a fair assumption that most of the people in the company are actors, are actors or writers and that yeah. sort of thing. And uh, and it's very funny, and it's uh, I, I watched, there's only, I think, nine episodes in the first season. Ten. Ten, ten episodes. And by the way, Lizzie Kaplan is in it. You cut me off before I was able to finish Lizzie Kaplan, okay, my, I'm sorry. Uh, cast list. And then the so. blonde guy whose name I don't know. Yeah. But who's, uh, who's I watched Lizzie? it. I watched you, say, you say the name Lizzie Kaplan like <laughs> you just said, you know... Um, um, Angelina Jolie or something right. like that. Like, uh, she was in Cloverfield. Um, she was on an episode of Freaks and Geeks. Uh, one episode? Yeah, I think just one episode. I'm trying to. She I'm was... trying for you to give me a credit that would make 
Explain to me uh, how you remember her name. Did so you well. see My Best Friend's Girl starring Dane Cook? No. Uh, well, no. Who, who is she? In that? She's uh, what's her name's roommate? Uh, oh, okay. her friend. All right, Lizzie. Kaplan. So she's not the girl of the title. No, she's the girl's friend. Yes. Okay. Where, where where was the first place you saw Lizzie Kaplan? <laughs> <laughs> you remember like going, it was a magical day because you, the way you said her name was like you you really. No, are, <laughs> I, t- are I think familiar. I tend to assume when I toss out like a character actor or actress's name on the show, I assume that the listeners either know it or will look it up. But um, right. But I'm I'm trying to ha- actually have a conversation with you about it. Right okay. Now. I don't <laughs> I don't want to cheat and look anything. When up. I first like I, I remember seeing her in Cloverfield and recognizing her, but not being able to place it, and then sort of going back and realizing that she was on Freaks and Geeks. And I, she, there's other stuff that I'm not re- remembering right now. Okay. But she's. Did you watch Freaks and Geeks? Yeah, I did. Do you remember when the 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 brief period when uh, uh, I can't remember the guy's name anymore? But is they're they're disco dancing. Okay. There's this one episode where uh, God, what is his fucking name? Is he the is he the te- the teacher? You talking about the teacher that? No. Um. The. He's a big star too. He's in oh uh, Franco Jason Siegel. Jason Siegel, that's his name. All right. Okay. Uh, but I can't remember the the character's name. It doesn't matter. Okay, but Jason Siegel is uh, gets into like disco dancing, mm-hmm. and his like disco dancing partner is Lizzie Kaplan, if I remember correctly. Someone's probably correct. I remember me out someone there. being into the drums. Yeah, he's that's the same guy. He's the oh, okay. So he gets into the, playing the like Neil Peart. He gets into Neil Peart. And yeah, disco dance. Oh, that's it's that. towards the end of. I mean, there's only what thirteen, fourteen episodes. Yeah, I saw one of the later ones is is when he's yeah dancing. Yeah, that was a good show. So Party Down is, uh, as I said, it's about this catering company, and it's and it's in Los Angeles, and it's just it's very funny, just the weird Hollywood things that they get involved in, uh, like little petty jealousies, and and they cater events with like a producer, and oh, but this producer, hey, he might be able to help us, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and I actually know uh, somebody who works for a catering company, and he's an actor. And I, I told him, like, hey, you should watch this show Party Down because I think you would enjoy it. He goes, <laughs> and he's like, you know, I think I probably would not enjoy right, it right. because I'm living it. Yes. And uh, it's probably, he's like, it's not as funny when it's my life. No. And I'm like, yeah, fair enough. All right. When I first saw Sideways, the the Paul Giamatti mm-hmm. movie. with, with the- Now, Paul Giamatti, you say that name like I'm just supposed to know it. <laughs> <laughs> Paul that's Giamatti, that guy, that's uh, that guy from the, the he played. Uh, he played. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, see, what was house. the first time I saw Paul Giamatti? Was played, it Big Mama's uh, House? Was it Planet of the Apes? No, no, it was uh, Private Parts. Oh yeah, oh right. And he played Pig Vomit. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. I haven't even seen the movie, and I know that his name is Pig Vomit. You never saw yeah. Private Parts? Uh-uh. It's good. I've heard it surprisingly good, actually. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, Sideways. Yes, Sideways. Uh, that guy's reaction to your suggestion that he should watch Party Down is mm-hmm. like. When I was watching Sideways again the other day, yeah, because uh, Michael, Michael Hayden Church plays an actor, uh-huh. Thomas, who makes his living. Thomas Hayden, yeah. I'm sorry, Michael. Thomas, Thomas Tom, Hayden. I'm sorry. Church. Yeah, Thomas. Who's Michael Hayden? No, there's there is no Michael. There's Hayden. a Michael Clark Duncan. There probably is. <laughs> Church uh, plays an actor who does like commercials and uh-huh. stuff, and he's yeah. he's there talking to Paul Giamatti's mom, and she's like, "And what was what was the other one you did that I saw you in?" And he's like, "Oh, where I'm jogging." Yeah, I remember you jogging. I was watching that. Going, oh, oh, it's not funny. You know what I mean? But that's the thing is his his character's career is, uh, you know, is spiraling downward because at this but he point, doesn't care. But like, I don't think he cares too much, though. 
Well, fair enough. But yours is on the uptick. You shouldn't feel okay. You shouldn't feel bad. Come That's, on. But I'm just saying that I've had conversations like that. Where oh, I'm like, sure. Uh, where people are like, I've seen you in commercials, and they're sure about that. <laughs> and I go, yes. He goes, and then they go, they go from being very sure of something to not being sure at all. And they go, which ones have you been in? <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? I like that they start out mildly accusatory. I've seen you in commercials, <laughs> right? But I don't try I to can't, deny it. I can't remember. No, like yeah, prove yeah. it to me. Pro- right. Prove to me that I'm right, and I've yeah. seen you in commercials. Exactly. It's like when people go. Uh, it's like if you if I tell someone what people tell who uh, people tell me I look like. Uh-huh. They go, no, no, you don't. <laughs> but if someone tells me first that it's it's okay, you know what I mean? It's like right. it's like uh, someone will say that I always some some every now and then someone will say that I look like Roger Daltrey. I think I mentioned this <laughs> the last time I was I could, on this show. Yeah, right. I don't remember right. you saying it, but I could see it once a year. Maybe someone <laughs> says it, but someone says it enough that you know it's been a few years now where it's like it's this weird thing. And if I bring that up first to somebody, they go, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> They're you like, know? do you mean Buddy Holly? It's like, because I think you're. Yeah. Yeah. You can't. You can't bring it up first. In other words. <laughs> Guess because, who I look like. Because yeah. the person goes, the person goes, no, 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 no. Don't tell me who you look like. I'll tell you who you look like. It's well, what's what's uh, what's sad because I. I will have people who say that, hey, you know who you look like? You look like this person. And invariably, it's somebody like 30 years older than me. Like They're like, yeah. you look like Dan Aykroyd. What? <laughs> and just, you know, they don't say it anymore because I've grown facial hair and I cut my hair. But, like, it's just, they, that's what people used to say. And my dad looked like Dan Aykroyd when he was in his 40s and 50s, the same age as Dan Aykroyd. But people would say, you know who you, and then when I was in, uh, let's see, I was in, like, middle school or early high school, and people were like, you look like Andy Richter. It's like, again, guy is like 20 years older than I am. Like, <laughs> I, I feel like I should be insulted by this. Like, no, no, it just means like, uh, it's like a maturity thing. Mm. I, did a web, it? I did a webcast about three months ago called Commercial Break, and it's all it was all about, they have actors on talking about the commercials that they've done. Oh, and they show clips of, yeah, it's a show about commercials, and you get to watch That's awesome. <laughs> commercials. <laughs> And all these people in chat rooms were wa- you know, watching and chatting and commenting. And someone said that I, they thought I looked like Joe Pesci. <laughs> <laughs> and I was surprisingly polite. I mean, that, that is something that normally I would just say, what the fuck are you talking about? Well, you kind of want to say, like, are you putting words together or do you actually know who Joe <laughs> Pesci is? Are you just taking a guess? And that the names somebody? they had, like the like the the handles that they had, uh-huh. like yeah. one of them was Captain America, and, <laughs> and the host uh, Rebecca Michael. She started off the show going, "Okay, first off, we want to take care of some business from last show. There was a misunderstanding. I don't know. I don't know what they were t- referring to, but some yeah. kind of gossip. Someone. It's very easy to give the wrong impression when you're posting something. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And some people try to make a joke or whatever." But apparently an apology needed to be made to Captain America. So she started the show off by saying, before we begin and we meet our guest, Matt Champagne, I just want to apologize to Captain America. about this. And I didn't know what she was. I didn't know she was going to say that. Well, how I'm, could sitting, you? I'm sitting off of the side. I'm just going, what? What are you talking about? Do you was... realize that that is the best way to start up a show? First well, thing we want to do, I, I want to say I'm sorry to Captain America. 
<laughs> like, I, what could you have done to Captain America? I feel like I feel like we now have our signature line for the BP supplement uh, opening because we never have an official thing. Right. And now we can say like. Before we start the supplement, we would like to apologize to Dr. Octopus. Um, but uh, I was watching... What's weird is I was watching CNN, and they will frequently... That happens a lot now. They will say, they'll say, all right, now we're going to go to you guys on the board and see what you guys have to say. But it's the same... First off, like it's a news show, and it's like, I don't care what yeah. pe- people watching have to say. I want to know what you have to say. I, I don't care about the... I, I see these people in life, but... Uh, but what's what's interesting is that even today, just it's funny that you mentioned this because uh, they still go by those handles, and uh, and so this one guy they were talking about healthcare, and uh, he goes, he's like, uh, jazz fan for life isn't happy, <laughs> and, it just, and it's just like, oh jeez, well jazz fan for life, you know, I have to assume he's upset about almost everything. Jeez, oh, man, you pissed off jazz fan for life. <laughs> doing if you lose jazz fan for life you 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 lose the midwest i mean (laughs) that's that's something everybody knows but uh Mm. all right so let's uh let's let's talk about you a little bit yeah uh let's start with this have you seen any movies lately yes i have seen the last like going into a movie theater you mean sure okay uh funny people was the last uh i didn't see it how was it i enjoyed it all right i enjoyed it and i I guess I didn't expect to, because the trailer looked horrible. I thought the trailer looked I kind of agree, yeah. really, really bad. Yeah, and and uh, but I went and uh, man, I, he's good. I think he's uh, Judd. Yeah. yeah, he he makes it work. You know, it's probably a little too long. This this last one It's probably about twenty five like minutes. Hours. To, yeah, that's, it's a little. That's long for a comedy. Yeah, no, yeah, it is. It is. But he he gets himself into very popular problems with the story, mm. his storylines. You know, like his movies are always like, how is he going to resolve this in a way that hasn't ever been resolved? Yeah, by every other movie like it, and he right. manages. And it's not like what he does is all that innovative or new, but he's able to do it in a very funny way. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like the, the resolutions are the same. It, it seems. Like, yeah, the, yeah you know, definitely. Like, knocked up kind of ends how you think it's going to end. Yeah. But you never feel like bored by it. Right. Well, it feel, right. I think it's because characters like this we haven't necessarily seen before. And, I mean, we, we may have a little bit, but just not, not with their particular collection of mannerisms and, tra- and character traits and flaws. Yeah. And so when they experience this, because, the, because Apatow is so committed to showing us three-dimensional characters... Uh, when they experience this, it's the first time they've experienced it, and we kind of take our emotional cues from them. And right. so it does feel like, not necessarily the first time we've seen it, but it feels new anyway. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm very interested to see funny people. I was kind of going to write it off because, you know, like you said, the trailer didn't look that interesting and just like, oh, he's dying. Really? Uh, and then what turned me around was... Uh, a series of, of uh, short films or like a mockumentary uh, about the character Randy, played the, the, by Aziz Ansari. Aziz Ansari. Oh, and uh, yeah. did you see those online? The, uh, the not Randy online. I saw his character in the movie. Right, but he, uh, he uh, so he he plays uh, like a bad like a bad comic. Yeah, yeah. But you can go online. I think it's 
uh, laughyourdickoff.com is really yeah. his website. <laughs> and um, Aziz Ansari and Jason Walliner made a, a sort of three-part documentary about Randy, like as yeah. if he were a real right. guy. It's and, very funny. And it's really, I mean, it's just, first off, those those films are fun to watch because they're structured in a really funny way because it starts out showing his stand-up and it's really high energy and low substance and and uh, and then it shows people outside the show being like, Randy, Randy's the best. I love Randy. And then it cuts to him being like, I've been doing stand-up comedy for about two months. And, uh, yeah. But he basically he just talks about how he's harnessed the power of internet marketing uh, to really gain an, gain a, an audience. Did you and see the movie? No, I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. Have you? No. Oh. How, right. bi- how big is Randy's part in the movie? It's not, it's not huge, but yeah. he's there to establish what the the scene is like you know right, he's okay. there to kind of he's like the thorn in the side of uh i can't remember his name uh, uh S- seth, seth rogan seth rogan yeah I like that you forget seth rogan's name and i forget jason siegel's name <laughs> but Liz- lizzie kaplan right, is always <laughs> yeah. right there i wish i wish i just knew what she looked like like a We'll watch. I could just see your picture. You watch Party Down, yeah. Yeah, She's we'll we'll watch right. an episode of Party Down after this, right okay. after we play Super Mario Kart and play uh, the board game Labyrinth. Oh, okay. um, we've got a full evening <laughs> plan. I know we we're got playing it. Labyrinth. Want to play? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm, you know what? Now that I see it, it looks like a little little tiny kids game. It's not a tiny kids game. It's a complex game for adults that can be so frustrating that you want to punch everybody else because they can screw you over oh, labyrinth yeah. everybody it's a game from uh, like Nor- norway or something it's, it's uh it's it's fuck your neighbor's labyrinth is that it <laughs> something like that yeah um <laughs> fuck your neighbor in the labyrinth <laughs> uh okay so funny people you oh, enjoyed so funny, it i i did enjoy it i thought uh uh i thought it was i thought it was good i think uh Adam Sandler's good in it. He's very uh, easy to not like. Like his movies especially. You know mm. what I mean? Like a lot of people are always ripping on Adam Sandler. Yeah. For years. Years now. Long yeah. time. Over 10 years people have been hating his movies. Yeah. Know? And I, you know what? Even and, his his like worst movies with some exceptions. I usually find something about his sensibility that is fun to watch. I, even like Mr. Deeds which is like 90% terrible. But it still like has a little bit of just that Adam Sandler weirdness to it that I uh, really respond but see, I, to. But I, I there's a whole slew of his movies that I have haven't seen just because I'm not going to watch that. You know, I'm not, not going to watch Mr. Deeds. I just don't want to do it. You know, it's not worth it. You I'm know not going to watch. What was it last year or last year? You don't mess with the Zohan it was actually really funny. I thought. That oh, is that the? Uh, he's the uh, Mossad agent. He's a hairdresser, right? Yeah. Well, he's a Mossad agent who wants to right. Uh, he like and comes click. to America and try. I never saw Click. I, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm just not. I'm not going to see him. You know what I mean? I and saw Click, and what was frustrating. First off, there were certain aspects of the concept that were pretty good, but what was frustrating is that nothing about that character required it to be played by Adam Sandler. You know, like I think he really does bring uh, a very definite presence to his characters, and I feel like in like you know what like. 50 what is it 50 first dates and stuff yeah. like that it's like yeah it's he's he's perfectly likable and all that sort of thing but there's nothing that requires him to play it whereas like something like punch drunk love he yeah. brings so much of himself i i i love yeah. his performance in that and yeah, i hear that a, actually, I, I enjoy that movie i and i i hear that uh 
that his performance in Funny People is compared to that, not by virtue of the type of character it is, but that he shows a great deal of depth, and, and you yeah. would never know that he you know, started out as a purely goofy comedic actor. Right. Did you guys see Rain Over Me? No, I didn't. Not that great. It didn't seem like... Well, it's it's from the same guy that made that film that I know you really hate, which is oh, The Upside of Anger. The Upside of Anger. Oh, yeah. That was awful. Upside... Oh, oh that sounds familiar. What's Kevin that Costner one? and... Uh, is it Joan Allen? Joan Allen, yeah. 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 Kevin Costner. I've been I've been doing a joke about Kevin Costner for the past yeah. couple of weeks. There was, a, there, was a, there was a music festival in Canada uh-huh. a couple of weeks ago, maybe last week, and there was a big storm. It's in Alberta somewhere, uh-huh. and the uh, the stage collapsed right before Kevin Costner and his band were supposed to come on <laughs> and play. And I I see that as an act of God. Like I really, I really do. By the way, my <laughs> it's funny when God steps in to protect us. He didn't do it during Costner's acting career, but the minute he wanted to start playing music, God went, "Okay, all right, no, not on my watch. No, no way." And I go, and I that I, I something about like how uh, I don't know what Kevin Costner's band name is, but like, what if it was inspired by his movies, like JFK and the Tin Cups? <laughs> and uh, folks, give it up for uh, Wyatt Earp at the Postman. <laughs> There he goes. Here come dance party with wolves. Here they come. Dance. <laughs> By the way, my I, assume, I guess my my friend, like a friend of a friend, her dad is in that band. Uh, I, yeah, I oh, know. Really? I know. I know someone whose dad is in the band with Kevin Costner. Wow. What did, what what did, what did they play? I can't remember. But um, I do know that this this friend that I have, whose dad is in the band, in uh, I think I want to say it's in like Waterworld. I never saw Waterworld, but there's a girl in Waterworld, right? And there's like a picture of her when she's young, and they they used my friend because she was like a little girl at the time, and they like took her and she's like the young version of the girl in Waterworld. Right. In the picture, I saw Waterworld in the movie theaters. Really? Yes. <laughs> I think I did too, actually. Yeah. I, I like that not. Dennis Hopper. There was yeah, a there that, was that Dennis Hopper. <laughs> there was a yeah. I don't know why I just said that. Is it says that like, it says that on new. the screen for the credits. It doesn't say Dennis Hopper says and that Dennis <laughs> Hopper. There was a there was a time in my life. There's there are certain actors that uh, you know as I got older and and uh, I just became obsessed with certain actors. Uh, I I when I was I, when I was like ten I loved uh, Tim Curry probably because of Clue I have to imagine and then just other things that I had seen him in Oscar. Uh, Oscar, uh, not Legend. You didn't like Tim Curry? No, I liked Legend? him. I liked him in Legend. Right. Uh, Never seen it, by the way. Legend is oh. a movie that I apparently I've Jennifer like, Connelly's in that, right? No, no she's Labyrinth. in she's in Labyrinth. Oh shoot, not this Labyrinth. The right, Labyrinth right. with yes, David okay. Bowie, not yeah. the board game we're about to. Le- Legend, I think, is a movie that you uh, apparently had to see when you were young because I didn't see it until a couple of years ago, and it is it's unwatchable. It's, it's so bad. It's <laughs> I, I, Tom Cruise is in it, right? Yeah. yeah. Who's, Never the, seen who's it. the girl in it? I don't remember. I can't remember. Um, it's <sighs> who would it have been? Somebody, but uh, I want to say Ali Sheedy, but it can't be Ali Sheedy. I don't think so. It's somebody like Ali Sheedy, though. Um, yeah, Legend. I I think I saw it when I was uh, a little older. I think I saw it when I was like twelve. And uh, yeah, it's pretty bad. It's uh, Ridley Scott. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is why I was surprised that it was so bad. Um, but uh, so, and then there was a while. I'm not sure what touched it off. Honestly, I think it was probably the Super Mario Brothers movie that that made me fall in love with Dennis Hopper. Um, which <laughs> Did that a, worry your parents at all? <laughs> well, not literally fall in love, but uh, <laughs> but and then I and then I saw Waterworld and I was like, wow, he's he's delightful because at the time I was I was still fairly young and I I was not yet familiar with the idea that. Uh yeah, you don't have to you don't have to overplay a villain. 
You don't have to do that. You can underplay him and be really subtle about it. Uh, I wasn't having any of that. The bigger, the better. That's how I... And he's huge in Waterworld. You know what Kevin Costner says in Waterworld? What's that? I have dreamed... Oh, shoot. I screwed it up. I have sailed farther than most have dreamed. <laughs> Sounds to me like... Because he's... there's a rumor that there's dry land out there. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, right, right, yeah. It, the whole world is water. And there's, there is the, these kind of like a legend. Uh-huh. A, a nautical <laughs> legend, I guess you could say. That there is dry land out there, and uh, and he doesn't. So uh, uh, Ken, mean, Kevin Costner just... doesn't believe it. So he says, uh, just, "No, I think it's out there." He's like, "No, it's, I know it's not out there. I have sailed farther than most have dreamed, and I've never seen it." <laughs> and then, it, and then it turns out, and then he there. turns his piss into water, and he drinks it. I was about to say that he uh, he distills his own urine into water and then drinks it. And uh, even though they first do scene it, of the movie, yeah, even though even though they do a very good job of establishing, hey. This is no longer urine. It's now drinkable. Still horri- horrifying to watch. It's <laughs> yes. still like, so I haven't seen the yes. movie. Is there dry land out there? Yes. The yes. Spoilers. It right at the end. Spoilers. That's not a spoiler. That's a charity. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, yeah, I have sailed farther than most of the dream. That's, that's up there with I live my life one quarter mile at a time for awesomely bad movie lines. <laughs> which is from Fast and, Fast and the Furious. It sure is. One, wait, one what? I, I live my life one quarter mile at a time because they drag race oh. like, or whatever. For Ed and oh, okay. And that's a quarter mile? mile. Yeah. So Vin Diesel says, I live my life one quarter mile at a time. It's my, my favorite bad movie line. All right. Well, then. Uh, so <laughs> have, you seen any, have you seen anything else uh, lately? See, funny people. Um, uh, I saw 500 Days of Summer. How was that? Oh, how was that? I did not hate it. All right. And I Mia went. Sarah. Mia Sarah. Oh, yes. Is the girl in legend. Ferris right, Bueller's. You guys were wondering what I was doing on my phone. I was no, no, no. no. I, knew, I knew what you were doing. Okay. <laughs> I assumed it was a combination of things. I assumed that you were looking something up and that you were probably kind of bored with Matt. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the conclusion I came to. 500 <laughs> Days of Summer. 500 Days of Summer. Go ahead. I, uh, did you guys see it? No. I did not. Okay. I, I did not hate it, and I went armed to make fun of it mm-hmm. and uh there are some there are some parts did you see juno yeah, yeah. okay now there uh it's uh, uh juno i am i am absolutely 100 percent opposed to yeah right? that movie blows i'm about 80 percent opposed to it that other 20 percent is uh the last strong, 10 minutes strong acting I the think. last 10 minutes of juno are good i think when I it when it stops trying to be right. yeah. a hipster fest yeah then I think it's good. There are a couple of things in 500 Days of Summer that are Juno-esque in that way where, 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 uh, what's the guy? I don't even know the actor's name, but the guy, the, the Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yes. He plays the, uh, guy in the movie and he's listening to, uh, and the girl the Smiths. Is, he's is listening is to the Kaplan. Smiths on his, uh, <laughs> what's that? I said the girl in the movie is Lizzie Kaplan, right? No, uh, Zoe, <laughs> Zoe Deschanel. Right. But Lizzie Kaplan could be in this movie and I wouldn't know because I don't, <laughs> I really feel obligated to uh, to uh, yeah. Learn. Why you gotta... if you can if you can bring up a picture of her, I'd really like okay, to see it. I will do that. Um, uh, so he's listening to the Smiths mm-hmm. on his his iPod, and she can hear him listening to the Smiths in the elevator. Okay, and she goes, "Oh, you like Smiths?" And she starts singing along with the song, and she gets out of the elevator, and he's just like, "Oh my god!" Like it's the most. Amazing. Somebody else who likes thing. the Smiths. Yeah, yeah, which is not... <laughs> Everyone not, I know likes the Smiths. Right, and he's into the Pixies, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. And that's so also he, supposed to be some weird out there, underground <laughs> hipster thing. And he's, He must feel so alone in this world. Right, right. So so that stuff was ridiculous. Yeah. 
but I, I I enjoyed the movie. It's about him. Okay, this movie like she gets a lot of the press for it, Zoe De Chanel. But the movie is not about her. It's about him, and it's about him dealing with. Uh, but you guys didn't see the movie, right? Well, and it's, no, I was, uh, uh, I, was I, I was planning to go see it, and then sort of had to. I sort of had to take this week off uh, spending money wise because I spent so much at Comic Con. Yeah, how, but, how much did you drop at Comic Con? I'm not going to say. Come but, on. Um, uh, anyway. Was it was it was it over a thousand dollars? Probably a little over. Oh my! <laughs> um, <laughs> but oh didn't my. you say you had a Comic Con story? Uh, I'm oh yeah, I, had a, I was doing a short <laughs> film uh, several years ago. My friend Larry was doing a film, and I was playing a. Uh, Dungeon Master? No, I was playing a guy that was into D and D. Ah, yes, okay, okay, and, uh, and I was so into it that I, I enjoyed. Was way, I, I really had gotten the wrong impression when you said you were a dungeon master. Like, <laughs> yeah, what had, kind of short film was this? I had a bar. <laughs> I, I had a bar called the Mine Shaft. And, uh, no, I was. Uh, I played a guy that was into D and D or a D and D type game, and uh, uh, it was. We were shooting it during the time of Comic Con, like uh, like six years ago now. Movie's still not done, by the way. The short film, too. Still not done. It's okay. Uh, and so I'm a loser, right? Yeah. And so I, I get, but I like to dress up. So I go to the Comic Con in this horrible costume, like plastic yeah. helmet, plastic gold painted breastplate, mm. flip flops. Like I'm wearing <laughs> flip flops that are painted gold. And, and, and this stupid knife, this stupid plastic knife. And I'm just being filmed, like in my character. Yeah. Walking around the Comic Con, and you would not believe the scoffs and the sneers and the laughter from the other nerds. Like they're walking <laughs> around me. Like if you know what it's like to get laughed at by a bunch of by a bunch of D and D nerds, it's hilarious. Because I couldn't re- I couldn't respond as myself because I was on camera, so I just had to just walk up. And I would walk up to people and go, uh, "Yeah, do you know where the broadswords are?" <laughs> and one, I just heard people just go. As I'm walking by, <laughs> and someone, I heard someone go, "Dude, for real?" Not to me though. Always like just out of earshot to their friend. And some girl put a post-it note on my back that just said, "Nice." <laughs> <laughs> I don't even really know what that means. Nice. And people ask me to take pictures with them. It's like, hey, can I get a picture? But I'm supposed to, and I'm acting like, oh, wow, this is really exciting. When really, I know I'm being, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm being derided. Well, yeah, I mean that that gives you a nice character moment where you're like, wow, I'm being accepted. People want pictures, exactly. With me. But it's also fun to watch these people finally have someone to make fun of. That that's that's another. Uh, well, I mean, was it, and by uh, these boy, these people that sounded really hateful. Um, yeah, David. Uh, David has a significant love for the uh, the Comic Con crowd. You know what? I the one time I went, great time. <laughs> really, really, I, I, yeah. I, mean, I really enjoyed. There's a lot to do there. Did you Did you just walk around the the floor? Did I just walked around. I was there or? for less than a day. Actually, yeah. you really should go for. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. if you go there just one day, all you can do really is the is the the floor, the booths, yeah. you know. But yeah. there's lots of cool. Do you go every year? Uh, yeah, for four years now. Wow. Since I lived out here. Now, we didn't uh, actually on the most recent show, uh, David Goes to Comic-Con. Um, <laughs> that's what I titled it. I'm sorry. I wanted it to be f- uh, clever and cute. Um, we didn't actually talk much about the floor. And, uh, I mean, we only talked about, like, the panels and such. What I- What is the floor? I mean, is it, like, booths and stuff like that? Yeah, where- it's about 525,000 square feet of, of booths. <laughs> oh, jeez. It's, it's huge. And um, what, what is in these booths? 
Uh, I mean, it's like stands, and I mean, some are larger than others. Like, obviously, someone like Warner Brothers or Marvel will have a huge like section. That right. You can like I think Warner Brothers had uh, you could get the autograph of the kid from where uh, where the wild things are. Oh, nice. Um, which is a, a huge line that I didn't. I didn't want to get that kid's autograph, but it turns out he sucks in the movie. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. He's fine in the trailer. I don't think he delivers any dialogue in the trailer, <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah. Um, and it's everything from, yeah, from those big things that are promoting upcoming, upcoming movies to like retailers selling comic books or art or something, you know, to like small uh, independent uh, comic book publishers or whatever. Now, David, do you think that uh, we could have a Battleship Pretension booth? set up do you think we could get that done um i'm sure we could probably cost a lot of money i have to imagine i think it actually i don't think it costs a whole lot of money i think it costs about 700 bucks 700 dollars. here's what we do we but get i, I don't want a booth because that means i'd, have to, I'd be i'll man be the booth to it. i'll man the booth <laughs> all right what's your merch huh yeah what do we have a booth for? that's uh that's a good question well we've got our we've got sample cds that aren't officially for sale but we just give them out uh, and then uh, I guess we'd have to buy some shirts from ourselves and sell them or something like that. I could sell some of my old VHS tapes, uh, you know, and uh, we could just give out those postcards. What's on these VHS tapes? Oh, they're right over on that shelf over there. Uh, you'll oh, see Oh, one. I see. Oh, yeah. I see. Not like home movies. Oh, yeah, no, no. That'd be cool. <laughs> I thought you were like had something on them that you did. Uh, no, I do have I do have uh, old projects and such, but, uh, oh, but right. no, no. I mean, like my copy of uh, like the General's Daughter or Memoirs of an Invisible Man, <laughs> that sort of thing. So, um, but uh, yeah, I, the floor sounds sounds awesome, and and that's David. That's how we're going to get the word out okay. about Battleship Pretension. Best picture, of Lizzie Kaplan. I could there find. we go. You recognize her from, from Cloverfield or Freaks and Geeks or anything like that? Lizzie Kaplan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's the best one you got? That's the best one I could find. Oh, okay. The, the one that most looks like... There's other ones, if you scroll down, that it's like her on red carpets, but this is the one that looks most like what she usually looks like okay. on the, in TV shows. Okay. So. Um, okay, so let's... Uh, Pretty girl, by the way. I don't... Oh, very oh yeah, very, yeah, very attractive. Do, yeah. So let's... Uh, I think we can uh, go ahead and move on from the movies that you've seen. Oh, oh. Is, is 500 Days of Summer, is it a good... Uh, is it a good like couples movie? Like, should I take my wife and we would enjoy it? Or because it sounds sad, it sounds like a sad film. Um, yeah, I mean it's yeah, I mean I I uh, yeah, I guess it is sort of sad. Yeah, but it's very realistic. Okay, that's what I that's what I liked about it. It's pretty realistic. It's about uh, you know, it's just it's it's basically about about a guy that is pretty angry. Okay, who, who manages to you know get a girlfriend but you know instead of the girlfriend making him less angry it doesn't make him more angry necessarily yeah it just all it of just, a sudden it just anger. lets it lets him anger's angry's probably not the right word necessarily he's just a very is he is he mopey yeah I mean, he listens to this yeah he's a angsty yeah. <laughs> a- angsty yeah loves to like there's there's a scene where he's in a bar and he's like kind of he's ragging on some people, other people at the bar, and how they dress. Mm-hmm. Like, like he's like, God, pff, these people wearing the da 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 da. And the, the movie jumps around in time and stuff. So right. at this point, you, you see you see that they're 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 135 days in or something like that. Uh-huh. I can't remember. And he's bitching about these people, and you could just see that she's had it with this. She's, yeah. you know what I mean. And but he's probably thinking, 
I've got this girlfriend. I could be myself now. I can, you know, I could be yeah. myself. That's what I like about this girl. I could be myself and you know, yeah, go, that's never go, a good idea. go ahead and be yourself and watch what happens. You know what I mean? That's sort of. I've had four happy years of marriage. I have not. I've just been lying the whole time. <laughs> so, and the same with the podcast. I mean, you know, uh, I, I'm not from any of the places I said I was. My dad, he's still around. Uh, you know, he lives in Tucson. But uh, yeah, so. But I. But it's, I, would you say it's like a bittersweet film, or just bitter? Yes. When no, he, there's there's some there's some sweet in there too. When but, he goes to the bar, does he sit down and say like they do in movies and TV shows? Just say. Give me a beer, and then they no, no, no. magically knows what kind of beer. They <laughs> no, want. they've they've got their beers already. Oh, okay, they're already drinking. Don't you hate that? I, but I, here, but my, I, I hate. Okay, I hate when people on movies and TV shows finish the conversation on the phone and don't say goodbye. They just hang up. Like right. They both know they're done. Yep. I hate that, and I hate when someone goes into a bar and just says, "Give me a beer," because you can't do that. Yeah. So I just wanted to get that. Yeah, out but you can't say the name brand in a movie. I I think you. I mean, maybe you'd have to. Pay or maybe you yeah. get them well, to people, pay. Who wants to pay? You get I guess them to pay. You get you get Michelob to sponsor you, and then the guy says, "Give me a Michelob." Well, I guess it all depends on what happens. If that character gets really drunk and abusive for Michelob, then it's like, "Oh, I don't want my name." You know, I don't know well, if then you uh, go to uh, someone who wants. The I don't know. Image. I don't know if Brown's Canadian uh, sponsored Affliction. <laughs> but uh, here's here's the thing about Five Hundred Days of Summer. Okay, the movie is about him. It right. is not about her. If you right. ask me. Okay. And she, if you ask me, is a fantasy. She is like, I mean, I was I was watching going, I, I think a guy wrote this. Hmm. The girl did not write this. Right. This is clearly, yeah. it's it's a movie about him trying to change. He's not really trying. He's at a point where it's time, it's time to change. Yeah. It's about a guy that, you know, had something good. But, but there's a... She she's not real, if you ask me. She's almost like a kind of a ghost, almost as if she. You, you'll run across. I, I would actually bring up uh, Punch Drunk Love. Actually, uh, it yeah. sounds like because going into the film, I thought but it everybody's was going to be, not real in that. You know that well, was, that, was, that whole movie sort of like a dream. You know? But going into the film, it seems like it's going to be about both of them. But it's clearly about him, yeah. and then you don't really see a lot of her of her flaws. Uh, you know of her motivations you only see her in reference to him and he loves her immensely and so we see kind of an idealized version of of her you know she doesn't uh she's supposed to ground him in reality and uh she doesn't seem to have really uh realistic motivations i still think she does a good uh, emily Watson does a good job, and I think it's a well-written character. But going in, you expect it to be about them, but it absolutely isn't. It's about him, and very much, a, and she's very much a supporting character. Is yeah. is it like that where um, it's just you don't? She's not a three-dimensional character. You you see more about her than you do Emily Watson. Okay, and but there's just some weird stuff where it's like she doesn't seem to have that much of a life beyond his point of view of her. Oh, okay. that's, that's what I thought anyway. Okay. And, uh, it's hard see, it's hard to tell. You haven't seen the movie, so it's hard to talk. I'm trying about. to think of more examples, but I know exactly what you're talking about. I, I, cause I hate it when there's, uh, even in good movies, like we talked about knocked up earlier. It's, it's like, uh, knocked up isn't necessarily a good example. I'm not he such do- a big fan of knocked up. He does eventually make changes, but, I hate movies that are clearly written by guys 
who write main characters who are probably a lot like the writer, and then they imagine some girl who completely fits with this person as they are, you know, and you don't, yeah. the guy doesn't have to, to, you know, compromise with her ever. Right. She's right. just like the perfect match for him. Like Natalie and, Portman in Garden State. Sure. Oh, yeah. Good one. Yes, because that's the standard bearer of these kind of stupid movies. I know <laughs> how much you do not care for Garden State. Did you ever see Garden State? Yes. Okay. Uh, it wound up being better than I thought it was going she to be. She actually made me laugh a couple times during that movie. Yeah, well, she's like fine. Natalie Her performance Portman. is very good. But, like, again, it's that quirky kind of stuff where she has to wear this helmet kind of thing. or And it's like, yeah, that's okay. That's quirky. And she just has all these all these fun little things and she doesn't seem to require much from I hate it when they take a pretty girl Mm -hmm. and they try to ugly her up (laughs) you mean like a monster (laughs) yeah (laughs) or notes on a scandal let's put some glasses on uh, Rachel Lee Cook and she'll look you know I think glasses made her look better but that's that's me but they think but, but Hollywood thinks oh yeah we'll just take someone that's already hot and then we'll make her wear a toque, and then and then that'll make her look ugly. She'll be hideous then. And it's a better story. Rachel Lee Cook to me looks like. Uh, I mean, this is. I, don't know, I feel like I'm being a total guy here talking about. Anyway, but Rachel Lee Cook looks like, looks like a drawing of a pretty person, and then come to life and like you doesn't sexist quite... objectifying the. <laughs> That's how I feel. But woman never, hating with like really seen... big eyes. And, yeah, Rachel Lee yeah. Cook seems uh, unreal to me. <laughs> Like uh like a nineteen like an early nineties Disney cartoon <laughs> right. who just suddenly became a person. Yeah. Um well, you know who looks really creepy is uh Christina Ricci. Uh, it, this is obvious one. Uh yeah, yeah, she she does. <laughs> she does right? But uh uh Nicole Kidman's face. Mm-hmm. I saw her less than a year ago, I guess, or maybe a year ago, year and a half ago, uh uh Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the remake. Yeah, I didn't she I looked like that. She was like the main character, uh-huh. right? She was human, right? But she didn't look human. She looked like one of the aliens. She looked like she might not be human. She looked like a mannequin robot. Her face was freaky looking. Odd, because she was also in the Stepford Wives, the remake no, of the Stepford Wives. I didn't see that. I got some bad notices. Yeah, I, I didn't see it either. I'm just yeah. saying that. In England, know, they in call both... it notices, not reviews. I like to. Yeah, it does sound a little bad notices. We're in, we're in God's America. Um, <laughs> so uh, now we gotta. Oh my, we gotta we gotta get moving. But uh, have yeah, we, have we started talking about what we're supposed to start? Well, we, you know, we talked about movies you've seen. This is a supplemental okay. episode. There's yeah. no, there are no rules. The audience should know at this point that on the table on my right are a, a open bag of uh, of Fritos and also uh, uh, Dave's French fries. That, a pile uh, of French fries. A pile of French fries that Dave has left. And a box just... of Ritz crackers that I bought, and nobody seems to care for them. Do you have cheese? No. Oh, right. <laughs> you can't just have Ritz crackers. I can. you got to have some cheese and salami. As... <laughs> I just like crackers. That's, <laughs> I understand now that I look at the back that people seem to like other things on their crackers. I like crackers. Yeah, what's on the on the back of that box? An apple? Yeah, who apple. That seems weird to me, though. There's cheese, though. Yeah, there's cheese. Is good. Apple, apple cheddar snacks. That doesn't. That sounds awful to me. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's not. But moving along now, uh, when we have our, our guests back, we like to ask them about uh, some of their favorite movies uh, of all time. And I remember just in in our discussions. Uh, you've you've brought up the and and you've mentioned in in your your last episode that 
you're a big fan of documentaries, but a lot of the documentaries that you've told me about are, are films that I haven't heard of or right. certainly haven't seen. Like what? Do you remember which ones? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, <laughs> but it was a filmmaker that I, oh, that, like, I hadn't uh, even heard uh, of. Frederick Weissman. Uh, yes. He's been making documentaries since the 60s. Mm-hmm. And he's, I guess, in his 80s now. And uh, he is the unofficial... He probably doesn't want this title at all. The unofficial grandfather of reality. Yeah. TV. Oh, did he like, make the high school? He made, yeah, he made a film called High School. Yeah. In nineteen sixty four, sixty five. Yeah, I know. I haven't seen it, but and he just took a camera into a high school in uh, Philadelphia mm-hmm. and just film, film, film stuff going on. Just you know, just yeah. filmed people, and it's like an hour and a half, and it's great. It's awesome. Yeah. And it's just uh and it's it's old. It's like it's it's great. And uh <laughs> he's got a movie he's got a, a documentary called Model, nineteen eighty, and it's about being a model in New York City hmm. in nineteen eighty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it, it's probably fun to watch. Long, drawn out sequences, unedited, of people just doing stuff. Hmm. To call them documentaries, if you ask me, is not is sort of a misnomer. They're they're what I call process films. Uh-huh. It's just I'm going to turn my camera on. I'm going to. He's got one called Belfast, Maine, which is I think the whole thing is about four hours long. You can yeah. get it in two discs, hmm. and it's about a, a seaside town in Maine, Belfast, Maine. Their main economy is uh, fish. Yep. you know, lobster and uh, shrimp and whatnot. And there's a whole opening sequence of boats just going out. Throwing nets out, fishing, bringing fish in. It's maybe a 10, 15-minute sequence of no talking. You know, no talking heads. There's no narration in any of his documentaries. Are there any interviews? No. It's just... It's just people talking to one another, doing things. And, uh, yeah, they bring the fish in, sardines on a conveyor belt, women by hand cutting off the, the heads and the tails putting them in the tin cans. Hmm. Then it moves up the street and you see a guy making donuts from scratch for seven minutes. Just a guy <laughs> making donuts. This is good. This is good documentary yeah. filmmaking and nobody makes movies like this guy. Nobody. It, it, it For my money, I mean, I, I've seen a lot of documentaries and it's not like I'm some film scholar or anything like that, but I don't know of anyone else that makes documentaries like this. And... They never played in theaters, I don't think. Like, yeah. like, and you up until just last January, you couldn't get them. You couldn't rent them. Mm-hmm. You couldn't buy them. The only way you could get them is if you were a teacher, because they're they're educational, oh. yeah, films. But so they don't. They, did but, they air on like public television? Yes, yeah. they would air on public television first. And if you didn't see it the week that it came on, you didn't uh-huh. you didn't see it. You missed it. You know. But now you can go to you can go to his uh, production company website and buy them. That's great. You still can't rent them. You can't get them on Netflix. I don't think. I don't so think I, I've, so when that happened, I bought. I dropped like two hundred bucks. I did. I bought. I bought like five of them. Hmm. And, um, I don't uh, think there's anything wrong with calling him the father of reality TV because it's not his fault that it's turned into something dumb. But yeah. the, the fact that it was inspiring, uh, I think, is still a credit to him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you look at, uh, like. Uh, Godard films from like the 60s like decades of like advertising and commercials you can see like their roots in you know a woman is a woman or whatever these you know these films I don't think it means that Jean-Luc Godard set out to 
sell products. It's just like he made something really good and it was inspiring. Right. Well, and and the idea of reality TV theoretically is that it's supposed to show us what life is like. And it sounds like that's what he does to the point that like he doesn't have narration, he doesn't have interviews. He literally wants to make it it sounds as though he wants to make the camera or the filmmaking process as uh non-intrusive as possible. He literally just wants to try and sit back and watch things that he finds interesting. And they sound... I remember when you first told me about these, uh, they sounded fascinating to me because I am almost uh, paralyzed by my interest in everything. It's something that I haven't really talked about much on the show, is that... Because uh, it would take forever. It would take a while, <laughs> yes. Because, for example, the, the prime, for me, the prime example is this. Uh, when you drive from Chicago to St. Louis, there is a, a certain rest stop. That I found my it's just it's perfectly timed because chances are you've probably stopped in Chicago, stopped in St. Louis to get something to eat. And by the time you need to go to the bathroom, hey, here's this uh, here's this rest stop. So just the location of it. But it's not just a, I mean, it's got vending machines and bathrooms, but also like they have a display about Route 66 and then another display about uh, Abraham Lincoln. They have a playground. It's just a very well kept area they have got like plaques talking about uh what used to be in this area so there were it it, w- it wasn't just vending machines and bathrooms and i remember when i went there i felt like you know what i'm going to look at these displays i'm going to read this plaque because my guess is nobody else does they just go <laughs> in use the bathroom get a candy bar go back to the car um maybe let their kids play on the jungle gym or something like that but uh so I felt like I had a responsibility to read these plaques, look at these displays, because somebody took the time to put them there. And I remember thinking, like, who, what, what was required to – how did they decide where to put this rest stop and what would go there? At, why did they decide to put these displays there? I would, like, I, I want to know – why they decided all these things to the point that I just I can't when I'm in Chicago, we ran across in Chicago a lot where you'll be walking along and then suddenly there's just like a bench uh, seemingly for no reason. Uh-huh. And I remember just, and it wasn't like for a bus stop or anything. It's just a bench. And it's not like there's a bench every oh, 100 feet or anything. like. It was just a bench. And there was like grass around it where there wasn't anywhere else. And so clearly somebody in, in the city decided, well, let's, you know. Let's put a patch of grass here and a bench so somebody can sit by and, I guess, watch the traffic coming off of Lakeshore Drive. And I remember just thinking, like... But those are, like, architectural concerns, right? Doesn't, doesn't, yes, but... Isn't that what architects do? Like, they, they kind of decide what is going to make this better for people to live. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? I mean, that's a large part of what... Deciding where a park gets mm-hmm. built, you know? Parks... Parks are built so people won't go insane. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's really that's really why. You know what I mean? That, that's yeah. the cool thing about architecture is that there's an emotional yeah. aspect. It's 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 very civic. It's very you know construction based. We're building something, but thought goes into what is going to be good for people to look at. You know, and what and that's and so like, and that's the thing is is that I think of when I see things like this, things that I feel like most people probably would just walk by and I can't judge them for it because wh- why am I so fascinated by it? Because I'm, f- it's fairly mundane. And so I, but I would love to know the thought process behind 
how did they decide to put this here and what did they have to go through to make that happen and so like documentaries like these which literally just show something that every probably but it's 90% of people would his movies are like a lot of information yeah about one thing yeah or one place that sounds Mm. wonderful he doesn't travel around like like he's got one called domestic violence Hmm. and it's four hours of in Tampa, Florida, uh-huh. <laughs> the first two hours for I think it's I think the whole thing is four hours. The first two hours take place in a women's shelter. Oh my! You don't see any of the men that these these women uh-huh. are talking about. You just see the women dealing with stuff. The last two hours are the legal process. Hmm. Now that sounds pretty mundane and, and boring, right? And maybe it would be for you if you watched it. All I know is sure. there is so much realism, so much unedited and that's the main yeah thing uh-huh. unedited exchanges unedited sequences where he just lets lets it go didn't and, he do one didn't you mention he did one about a mental hospital or something like that oh well that that's a very controversial one it's called oh, okay. titty cut follies okay and it was in the 60s yeah in massachusetts it's a it was a uh a uh yeah it was an insane asylum hmm. and uh he filmed it, and they tried to get it, get it banned because it showed it showed uh, prisoners being uh, mistreated and stuff. Mm-hmm. The, I, I've only seen that one once, and I don't think I want to see it again. I mean, it was it's it that that's that's tough to watch, yeah, because it, the, there's cruelty going on, and and it's another old you know it's like from the sixties, you know, right. so you can imagine. You you need to only watch Mad Men, you know, to know. <laughs> oh wow, look at all the things they didn't care about back then. You know what I mean? It's it's like that. Only it's it's uh, it's real. But um, yeah, the domestic violence and, and his titles are completely lifeless. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. he's got one domestic violence. He's got one. Uh, uh, it's just the name of the subject matter. Right. High he's, school. High school model. Model. Uh, I'm trying to think of the other ones that I have. Uh, Belfast, Maine. Um, he's got one about a a French theater company. It's like three hours of of this of this <laughs> theater company uh, in France dealing with a strike. Some some stage workers go on strike. <laughs> All that. It's just them. Do you know how? With- do you know anything about him as a as a as a filmmaker, like how he finds these subjects, how he d- discovers them. No, nah, you know what? I've, I haven't read a whole lot. No. And I almost don't want to, you know what I mean? Right. I just, yeah. like to, I just like to, yeah, he's a rabbi too. I know that. <laughs> I mean, I've read some of the reviews in the back and it's my first time as a rabbi. You mean, you mean so. the notices? What's the notices? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. and, and what is his name again? Uh, Frederick Weissman, Frederick Weissman. And yeah. so, uh, so yeah, everybody, be sure to to look him up. It sounds like you're just going to have to commit to his films and just buy yes, them. It's not a yeah yeah. You're going to have to you have to shell out. I'm trying to think of a, what's a good one. To, what's a good primer? What's a good Weissman primer? Um, his older ones are shorter. Okay. His more recent ones are are pretty long. So it's you know it's not like a. But yeah, just sit back and get into it. And Belfast, Maine is huge. I, there's one scene of a bunch of hunters mm-hmm. we're talking about hunting and uh one guy's like uh yeah i uh, was talking about a friend of his that was in vietnam and he had bullets you know around him and he survived and he came back 
and he went hunting and came really close to getting shot by like a fellow hunter like like a bullet got really really close mm-hmm. closer than any bullet in Vietnam had come mm-hmm. he's like I just I just survived Vietnam and now I'm back almost getting shot while I'm hunting hmm. I'm not hunting anymore and he quit hunting <laughs> like he yeah. quit I'm not I'm not dying after that after Vietnam after right. war coming yeah. back and then dying no <laughs> I'm done hunting. If I'm going to die, it's not going to be from that. I've earned something yeah. after being at war, and I'm not, you know, I'm paraphrasing, of course, but that's yeah, sure. <laughs> This is all with a Belfast accent as well. So, Well, that's, all those sound uh, very interesting. I wish that they were available uh, to rent. Now, how did you... How did you see them? Did you see them on public television? Or? I saw a couple, yeah. Okay. I was, I was back when I had cable. I was flipping around, watching... It, and it was Belfast Man. I was watching uh, a guy making donuts. Okay. There was a guy making donuts, and, and nobody was saying anything. And, <laughs> and nothing was cutting away. And there was no... I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> and then it moves up the street, and then you could see a uh, community theater rehearsal of Death of a Salesman. You know? And uh-huh. then he moves up the street, and you see a, a town hall meeting. You know, like... Uh, it's like, yeah, I have a... It's sort of like our town. Yeah. Belfast Man is sort of like our town. He was like... Uh-huh. One guy raising his hand. I was like, yeah, yeah. Uh, we have a problem with uh, one of the legs of the uh, the bench over on Main and Main and Fourth. It's been it's been busted for about four weeks now. And I'm just wondering when we can get that done. <laughs> it shows a caseworker going around to people who are infirm, making sure they have their medication. Uh-huh. It shows a hunter going out and dealing with uh, a, a a wolf that's been oh. caught in a trap because he's got livestock. So he goes out every day or every morning and skins wolves and stuff like that so you see him shoot a wolf you know it's just long unedited thing of him walking with a gun for a long way into a field and and then there's so a wolf in a in a and and he's got this thing where in between scenes they'll show a house just just a home and then usually a car will come by and right as the car passes out of the shot it cuts to the next shot Hmm. He does it all the time. Uh-huh. Either it's a car or maybe a person, maybe a postman walking yeah. by slowly, slowly across. And as soon as the postman is out of shot, cuts to the next shot. Hmm. Does it all the time. I'm constantly noticing it. Cars, whoosh, no matter how fast the object is, as soon as it's out of frame, it cuts. And it's uh, it's yeah. pretty cool. It's what not it's not necessarily difficult. I mean, that's that's how I would do it. Yeah. I'm, I'm always seeing stuff like this. I wonder when I would cut. How about right then? And that's what. <laughs> well, what's fascinating to me about about good documentary filmmakers is that it's not just it's not just where like how they decide to present the topic, where they decide to put the the camera or or whatever. They have to also have a certain presence that makes the people they're documenting comfortable enough. Yeah, you know, to, they have to essentially be like directors, except for people who aren't trained actors. I think, I, I think what he does is absolutely nothing. He's got he's got to be doing nothing. You know what I mean? He's just right. there. But he's got to be able to make them feel at ease in some way. They, yeah, I mean, if yeah. he's be if he's edge. if he's capturing high schoolers' conversations, I mean, he's got to just be either a complete fly on the wall to the point, like such a non-entity that they don't even think about him, or he needs to be able to put them at ease and make them feel so comfortable that they feel that they can just say the things that they're saying with him around. Yeah. Um, I mean, do, do, in I mean, you've seen high school and I haven't. I mean, yeah. does he because there's no interviews? I mean unless it's basically a film of no real dialogue. I mean, does he capture specific conversations by Yeah, students? like there's a, 
there's one scene where there's a uh, a daughter. Uh, her parents are in in the uh, office with the with the principal or with the guidance counselor. She's about to graduate, mm-hmm. and they're talking about college and a very overbearing father. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Where yeah. he's he's. Uh, he's got a problem with her grades or why is why isn't she getting more for what mm-hmm. she's accomplished here and all that kind of stuff and it's very clear that there hasn't been a whole lot of communication between the daughter and the father mm-hmm. and now it's starting to come out in front of this guidance counselor you know what i mean because mm-hmm. the guidance counselor is asking some pointed questions that the daughter's either not thought about or hasn't hasn't you know said yeah. before so there's uh you know it's that, but you know, he must be standing off in the corner somewhere. I don't, yeah. know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where the filmmaker does is. Does he? The, does he uh, handle the camera himself? I, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Huh. I don't know. Yeah, I can't imagine he's got uh, a big crew. I have to. Assume I almost it's don't want to know. Like, the, I, I yeah. don't. Yeah. I almost don't want to know. He's got to be in his eighties by now, too. He's not a. Has he not, done anything recently? Like in the last 10, 15 years? Uh, I, I think so, but I can't. It doesn't. Doesn't come to mind right now. Um, well, we've been going for a we're while. We're at an so, hour. Was there yeah. anything else you wanted to, to recommend <laughs> to our listeners? So. I like The Insider with uh, Russell Crowe and Al Pacino. That's right. I like movies with uh, whist- about whistleblowers. All right. Yeah. I'm into that. I like Quiz Show. I love yeah. Quiz Show, yeah. Um, are you excited about the uh, the upcoming film, The Informant? Who's in that? Matt Damon. And then a bunch of comedians. Yeah, it's a Steven Soderbergh film with, uh, who else is in it? Rob Corddry. Andy Daly, yeah. Paul Tompkins, Pat Oswalt, oh. Thomas Wilson. Oh, uh, What's that about? It is about a guy who works. For I don't a, like it because I'm not in it. <laughs> You'll get there someday, buddy. Don't you worry. <laughs> you were in because I said so. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's about a guy who works. I don't remember what kind of company he works for, but basically he doesn't like what the company has been doing. So and it, they've been doing illegal things. So he. Oh. He goes to the the FBI or or you know whatever the, the oh is this is. windshield wiper no that's no that's that's here. flash of genius that's I okay. like that one too but um he goes to the FBI and says hey my company is doing these terrible things and they're like oh okay well do you mind you this know, sounds familiar oh this is about agro this is agriculture or something like that I think so yeah yeah okay and and he bec- and so basically he he becomes their informant and uh, apparently. He just so loves the idea of being an informant that, like, he starts to like act really like undercover, but at the, not too undercover because he likes he likes the idea that he's doing uh, the right thing, and he gets he's not necessarily egotistical, but he's like a big kid, and like I think at some point he identifies himself to the press as <laughs> as an informant of some kind, and so but he still has this weird expectation that once all the people in the company. Uh, are arrested uh he'll still have a job with that same company <laughs> and it's just it it's just a film that it's it sounds like almost a kind of like a humorous version of the insider where it's about you know corporate crime and and this guy comes forward and 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 everybody's trying to be secretive but he's just like what's going on how's everything going you know and uh and he's basically he, like he's wearing a wire and as he's walking into the office he's narrating his own actions and they're like you don't need to do that and uh, so that one sounds that one sounds great to me because it's you know you usually run across stuff like the insider and quiz show and and uh, like breach where everything's said in a very hushed tone and this one is just said silkwood silkwood yes that's a that's a good call things didn't end well with her. 
Did you see what happened to her? Uh, well, I didn't see it. Uh, oh. but well, uh, I mean, if you know the story of Karen Silk, yeah. Oh no, I know what happens to yeah, her, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but I didn't see it. Uh, oh, okay. oh, I see, I see. Um, well, speaking of things not ending well. Oh, <laughs> I think maybe we should wrap up. Why do you have to turn everything so negative, David? We were talking about the insider, talking about the informant. Talking about blowing whistles, man. <laughs> well, I'm blowing the whistle on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll uh, see about that. So, yeah, I mean, I guess that's I love that scene in, in the uh, in the insider where Russell Crowe goes back into the uh, office, yeah. you know, because they want him to sign a further confidentiality agreement. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he's like, he's like uh, well, what if I don't? And the lawyer. Yeah. Not, not the CEO. The lawyer behind him goes, if we feel that you are acting on bad faith, we will terminate all medical benefits and instigate litigation against you, sir. And then the, and then the guy looks at the main guy and says, you, you threaten my family? You say, fuck me? Well, fuck you. And it is awesome. It is awesome because the guy looks at Russell Crowe like, did you just tell me to fuck off? Like It is, it is awesome. That's, that is a great scene because it features, of course, my uh – my arch nemesis Michael Gambon as the yes. bad guy. Yes, so he is, go into an he is ferocious. Yeah, he's only got one scene too. Yeah, well, and then he's like uh, lying in front of Congress. But right, it's like yeah. only two scenes, right. and Same that's in? just as it should be because you don't see evil. You don't <laughs> right. see it. You can't. It's never there. Yeah, really. you don't have access to it. You can't touch it. Only when it only when it wants to see you. Only when it you know breaks into your backyard and threatens your family. Absolutely, <laughs> puts a All bullet right. in your mailbox. All right, Dave, All right, you want to start over? You want to start this again, Dave? <laughs> All right. So, uh, okay. Uh, do you have, I forget, do you have a, a website? I believe, uh, where can people find like clips of you and that sort of thing? Oh, you can find me on Facebook, uh, <laughs> Matt Champagne. There's only nine of us. Just find the one that looks like me. I look like Waldo. I look like little Elvis Costello. I look like uh, Roger Daltrey. (laughs) (laughs) About once a year, I look like Roger Daltrey. Look, look for the guy that looks like Joe Pesci. Yeah. uh, Um, uh, uh, My profile picture on Facebook is a scene from Up. Yeah. Because uh, the the young version of the old guy in Up looks like me. Okay. And by the way, if you can't tell, I'm obsessed with things that look like me. (laughs) So if you find something that looks like me apart from me. Let me know about it. It can be a delightful contest I, with no prizes. Yes, I am obsessed with my look and th- things related to me. And I'll be at the Unknown Theater tonight at 9 o'clock. Uh, yeah, this episode won't be up by then. But yeah. All right, that's right. Okay, I'll be, uh, I'll be at Springbok uh, tomorrow night down in Long Beach in the marina. What else you got coming up? Because I'm not yeah. sure uh, be up tomorrow. I don't know. He might be up be, Wednesday. I'm going to be in West Hollywood somewhere on uh, the 14th. Not doing comedy, just hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. Uh, oh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> All right, well, they can find you on Facebook. Sure. Yeah. And sure. are you on Twitter yet? No, I don't do Twitter. Okay. Well, someday. no Twitter for someday. me. Someday. And I no. believe there are some. There, there no are some, day. There are some clips. <laughs> there are some clips of you on uh, F and Funny that are very amusing. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They've been. Yeah. Those are a little couple years old, but they're, they're still good. I still look like that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Again, it, I'm trying to get people to watch your clips, and you're like, yeah, don't. There, don't watch any clips where I don't look like I do anymore. Just, no, no. Stop I worrying just, about your look. You're I fine. Just, uh, okay, I do have a website that I don't really uh, do a whole lot of uh, maintenance of. It's called Remain Champagne. Remain Champagne.com, I guess. Okay. Yeah. That's okay. a good name for a website. Yeah. Right? Oh, you like it? Yeah. That's what I say when I end my uh, comedy. I say, I, I remain champagne. You sure do. And uh, I love it. Because I know some people think that's stupid. Uh-huh. I know that some, but they don't. They don't tell me. You know, because I've never heard somebody say. Do you seriously say that? Dude, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> but I know there've got to be some people that do. And there are plenty of people that go, that's really 
that's really cool. Yeah. And then other people that don't say anything about it. But well, I, I like. Think it's nice that you have a you have a like a tagline, so a yeah, little yeah, yeah. send off. You know, I think it's because I, it, I used to end my emails before doing comedy. I would say I remain Matt Champagne. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think that's good. All right. All right. So uh, remainchampagne.com. Yeah, I guess so. Facebook, yeah. effing funny. You can find him anywhere. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so. Coming soon to Twitter. Coming Yeah. <laughs> Never. I'm not doing <laughs> Stay Twitter. Stay tuned. Why would you do Twitter? I don't know, David. Why do you do it's Twitter? Why do you do Twitter? It's a lot of fun. But like all day, you're getting all these messages from all these people. You don't have to read them all. And I'm selective as far as who I follow. But whom they're I just follow. one sentence things like I, I itch. No, it's like my I, ear itches. I follow a lot of comedians and then oh. they make jokes. Oh, and it's fun. You could do that. You're a comedian. <sighs> yeah, but one a day, maybe. Yeah, that's uh, that's, mean, fine. that's fine. That's 365 a year. It's not bad. Mm. Friend of the show, Sean Cullen, Mr. Sean Cullen, is uh, great on Twitter. He's hilarious. He's good stuff. But uh, anyway, all right. Yes, let's, by all means, let's. All right. We were supposed to end it eight minutes ago. I think we did pretty well. Yeah. yeah. All right. What is that? Hour and eight? Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Good stuff. <laughs> all right. So uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll get to next oh, time. By the way, well, hold on. Oh, we, hang on. We are on Twitter. Oh, yes, at, we are. At yeah. The Pretension. That's right. Uh, and also um, go to the website and donate. <laughs> oh, yeah. Please. Go to the website and donate. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then, uh, Have and you then, ever of thought course, of changing the name to Battleship Precious? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think okay. that would work. Just wondering. I mean, maybe we can start calling these supplements that, uh, you know, because... Uh, cause precious that, battleship. Because that, that comment was, was quite precious itself. Um, I will say that uh, we are continuing uh, our top 100 movie suggestion thing right now, where send in 10 movies... Well, vote. Vote. Yeah, send in your list of 10 movies you think should be on the top 100, and we'll uh, sort of reveal them in a few weeks. Yes. On the so. website and... Yeah, so email them, Tyler at BattleshipPretension.com and David at BattleshipPretension.com, and, uh, and we will reveal them uh, at uh, probably the beginning of September. Okay. So, all right, until then, uh, thank you very much. Bye. Bye.